I think the Fed realizes anyways that this is more about a loss of confidence in the United States and its ever-expanding deficits. And I think the central bankers around the world are starting to realize that the bond market is stronger than any central bank. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcade Economics on a Tuesday morning, Tuesday, October 24th. And interesting times in the gold and silver markets as we've seen quite a rally and some volatility. I guess we're seeing a lot of volatility in many of the financial markets. And obviously, I'm joined by Andy Sheckman, Miles Franklin for our weekly physical silver report, where we'll be digging into the physical market, um, silver and gold as well, touch on premiums, but a lot of other things happening out there as well. So, Andy, it's good to have you on in here with me. And how are you doing this morning? <clears throat> I'm doing well, buddy. Morning to you, too. Yeah, crazy world, man. It just seems to be spinning faster and faster out of control these days. Well, it sure is. And uh, fortunately, not, no escalation, perhaps, in the last few days of conflict. Although, in terms of gold and silver, we're seeing some increased volatility there. Uh, pull up the Kitco chart, which is not the futures chart, but I think does a nice job of pointing out some of these moves. We saw a rally last night and a dip lower today and then a rebound, similar pattern in silver. Of course, this is all on the heels of a speech last week from Jerome Powell, which in some senses he said a lot of the same of what he's been saying for the past couple of months, although did suggest something that I believe you and I have talked about on the show. I know I mentioned a couple of times where is the bond market doing the Fed's job for him? And he talked about with how the there's been that spike in the yield on the longer end of the curve has tightened conditions a little bit. Market took that as a sign that perhaps maybe they're done hiking. Um, in either case, we saw quite a rally and we'll take a look at that one here. Here we are back on the 19th when he gave his speech, gold around 1962. By Friday midday, we were over $2,000 an ounce again. And Come back in a little bit since then, but before we get into the premiums and how people are reacting, uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on just the volatile couple of days we've seen there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of these deals where, you know, I think we're at we're at a, a period of time where, um, look, the suppression of rates has created massive distortions in the capital markets and in the bond market. There are distortions everywhere. Precious metals market is no different. And to me, um, I believe that what we will see is, is the realization that the Fed perhaps has even lost control. The Fed is realized, I think the Fed realizes anyways, that this is more about a loss of confidence in the United States and its ever-expanding deficits. And I think the central bankers around the world are starting to realize that the bond market is stronger than any central bank. And these are their um, their attempts to hold back, I think, the, the, the price of gold, which really is the, um, I guess you could say, the, the pulling back of the curtain to expose what's really going on. There'll be great volatility. This will be something that will be met with every attempt to suppress the... the um, the, the 
the, the fact that gold will tell the truth about what's going on in the market, the fact that the bond market will tell the truth about what's going on, and the Fed is losing the ability, I think, rapidly to hold it back. So you're going to see great volatility until, until it finally expresses itself, until the Fed just gives up on, um, you know, on trying to, to control the, the uh, inflation through rising or, or, or suppressing rates, rather. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I just think the market is going to blow through any attempts that the Fed tries to uh, put into place to, to keep orderly, calm markets. And uh, with that, you're going to have great volatility until it springs up to the upside. And I think we're getting close to that moment. I truly, truly think we are getting close to that moment where, you know, look, the bottom line is yields have to, to rise to meet demand. And uh, there'll always be demand if rates rise high enough. But, you know, I think the question is, what are those yields that will attract buyers? And, and this is going to be a very, very um, bumpy ride for a while. Um, doesn't surprise me one bit at all. The, the news of the day uh, starts to create all of this volatility in the gold markets. But um, look, bottom line is it's disappearing. It's being massively accumulated. And the Fed is, is backed into a corner, trying their damnedest to, to allow for um, orderly markets. It's not happening. I think it's only going to get more volatile, which is usually an indication of, of a market blow off one way or the other, up or down prior to that volatility or just after that volatility rather. Well, we're certainly seeing that volatility in a lot of places, not the least of which is the US bond market, which you mentioned. Yield a bit lower today at 4.87%. Although it was interesting on Monday, uh, quite a volatile day there as well. You see here, this is on Monday on the chart, crossed the 5% level, and then there was quite a rally in bonds that brought the yields down, uh, got as low as 4.8%. That was early this morning, and now back up to 4.87%. So we're seeing some big moves, and perhaps it's not just in the U.S., though, as you look at the yield in Japan, which is pushing up on their cap, and now up to almost 85 basis points. Tricky situation they're in where they're trying to keep yields down while also supporting their currency, which has been sinking to almost that 150 level, rising in terms of the nominal number, which means the yen is sinking. So difficult dynamic therein. And at the same time, something, unfortunately, Rafi pointed out, I don't check every day, but <clears throat> we take a look at the bond market in the United Kingdom see that we're past the levels of last year when we had this the 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 crisis in the LDI market where Bank of England had to step in and buy some of those bonds and now we're at a higher yield here is the 10 year we're at 4.61% so we're seeing rates get a little bit out of control in a variety of places where not entirely dissimilar dynamics from the U.S., where it's it's good on one hand to have rates that would actually attract buyers, yet you have a lot of supply coming on the market at a time when the economies are not so strong. So seeing it around the globe right now, it seems like. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you got just in, in Powell's last remarks the other day, he said geopolitical tensions pose uh, important risks to the global economic activity. He also said that increased market volatility uh, is, is to be expected, as is a significant economic slowdown as credit dries up. And, and, and so I think, you know, you now have something to blame this on. This is a, an environment where I just think that the world is getting tired of the ever-expanding deficits. By the U.S., 2023 marked the third highest deficit on record other than 2020 and 2021, I believe, in the midst of COVID, we are continuing to spend like spending doesn't matter whatsoever. And at the same time, we are, I think, beginning to lose trust on the global stage. And um, that's, a, that's a bad mix. I think people believe that this can go on forever, that the U.S. bond market is too big to fail. But what I really think is happening is that there is a realization that the market is stronger than any Federal Reserve or any central bank intervention. Ultimately, the market will win this, this battle. And yeah, you know, one other thing to, to talk about is that, you know, we see the, the curve trying hard to uninvert. And normally that comes with, you know, a situation where, you know, the Fed is, is trying to lower short-term interest rates to stimulate the economy but that's not happening this time it's happening because the back end of the of the curve is rising because who the hell wants to buy 10-year treasuries uh with all of the 10-year risk that you have there at the rate that they're offering so you have to continue to see that the market will dictate that those rates have to rise higher and higher and higher in order to attract demand, which is only going to put greater and greater strain on already a fractured banking system, uh, on the, uh, the the commercial real estate market, which you get again, you're seeing more and more problems. Huge apartment building in San Francisco is, you know, it's been marked at roughly half of what it was just a couple of years ago. Here, you're going to see more and more and more problems with the rising interest rate market. The Fed can't control it; they can try. But in the end, it is either they will have to step in to monetize and buy the back end of the bond market, which creates hyperinflation, or if it's true to the way the market should behave, rates have to rise to attract buyers commensurate with the amount of risk that's baked into the cake. And this is something that is not an easy fix for the Fed. I think it only becomes more and more difficult, creating more and more volatility and and uh, and more importantly, I think it shows exactly why you need to own gold and silver in your portfolio right now, as traditional assets are going to really come under fire in this in this interest rate rising interest rate environment. So I'm guessing, based on what you said, that uh, a 30-year bond at 5.01 percent doesn't do it for you. And no, it doesn't. And I don't know who who it would do it for. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. And uh, I think you'll see these rates continue to rise. And I mean, look, you got, you have every reason to believe that in a real market, the 10-year treasury should be much, much higher than it is when we see, you know, uh, three-month treasuries paying virtually the same rate. It, it doesn't make sense in an environment that has all this uncertainty. And that's Fed manipulation at some point the market has to take over or the market just gets exposed for being um, a scam 
just like most of the financial markets in the West are. And, uh, you know, that's why ultimately I think you'll see Abu Dhabi take over for the gold price setting mechanism or the Shanghai Gold Exchange will take over for setting the price of metals. And I think that's really what a lot of this is about. It's the it's the the end games for a system that is is opaque, that is based on debt, that is that has that lacks transparency and lacks trust. And this is what's going to happen. Greater volatility. Um greater problems. Um, and I don't think the Fed jumping in to try and, and hold down this, this sea change will do anything other but exacerbate the pain when it finally um, expresses itself. Yeah. And interestingly, as you were saying that in the background, they had this little box come up, opinion, no more hikes, real rates likely to do the Fed's work from now on. So again, Powell commented on that as well. And Seems like we may be seeing that. Obviously, Fed coming up next Wednesday, especially so quickly after his last speech. I think it's largely priced in that we're going to get a pause. And I, I don't imagine that he would have all that much different to say. Another interesting thing that he did mention, though, he was actually asked about the debt loads. And he was saying that current debt load isn't as much as a, of a problem as the trajectory of what we're seeing. And Certainly, I think uh, that makes a lot of sense. And actually, along those lines, found an interesting clip yesterday that I would like to share with you and the audience that I think would be insightful. This is from Luke Groman, who I have become quite a fan of and touches on something that we've talked about over the years. But I want to play a minute or two of this and then you can get your comment on that. And I'll say this for the last time. Fed watches a lot of things. If the gold genie gets out of the bottle, it is going to scare the collective shit out of them because they know what it signifies. Thoughts on that before we get out of here? Well, it's, it's yes, I agree entirely on, on everything you said. I think gold is ultimately how they get out of this. Um, there are provisions in the Federal Reserve Bank operating manual by which... Um, the Treasury, United States Treasury Secretary, can instruct the Fed to write up the gold, the U.S.'s gold, and the accounting treatment of that is a deposit, free and clear, no debt attached to it, into the U.S. Treasury general account. So at 261 million ounces, or 8,000 tons, every $4,000 per ounce the Treasury were to instruct the Fed to write up the gold would deposit roughly a trillion dollars, 4,000 times 261 million ounces into the TGA. So like if, if you said, Luke, your Treasury secretary, how can you get out of this? We need to get our debt to GDP down right away. How do we get out of this debt spiral? I call up the Fed. Powell, it's over. You've lost the long end no matter what you do. Write up the gold to, I don't know. We've had it's a $24 trillion treasury market. Prices are probably down what? Mark base value 30% on average over the last two, three years. Uh, so the real market value of the US Treasury market, I don't know, 12 trillion, it's 15 trillion for round man. I'm going to write up the goal by 10 trillion, right? So uh, it's $40,000 per, just actually do it, do five trillion, just take a third of the debt out. I'm going to write up the gold by five trillion. Uh, 
if I write up the goal by five trillion, every trillion is four thousand bucks. So it's twenty thousand dollars. And I get five trillion deposited into the TGA, free and clear. I go out into the market and I buy back a third of the of the US debt outstanding. Now it's a ten trillion dollar market value market against GDP of twenty seven trillion, give or take. Voila, we've gone from one twenty to forty percent in one stroke. Thank you for your donation, Treasury holders. Now, inflation rips, the dollar probably sells off quite a bit, but that's all in the cake. That's going to happen no matter what at this point. So that's first thought. Real quick, second thought. So obviously that's something we've speculated about and you wonder if there's some other way that this gets resolved. I haven't figured that out. And interesting to hear someone as smart as Luke Groman, who's as well-versed in the markets as he is, who's been making comments uh, to that effect uh, a couple of times. So curious, any thoughts you had on that one? Yeah, I think I think it's smart. First of all, there's precedent for it. I mean, that's what Roosevelt did on a much less of a grand uh, scale where he confiscated gold or had everyone turn it in at $20.54 an ounce and then revalued it to $35 an ounce, in essence, a 40% devaluation in the dollar or revaluation in gold. and Aside from that, you know, gold is held on all of the central bank balance sheets in an account called the revaluation account, the gold revaluation. Now, that is the name of it on their balance sheet. It makes perfect sense. It also makes sense when you realize gold was reclassified as a high quality liquid asset, basically tier one. And all the central banks not only have been buying it voraciously over the last 18 months as if they know the playbook, they started repatriating it and accumulating it a year and a half to two years before the BIS reclassified gold, as if they knew the playbook. You're seeing a redistribution of gold around the world as, as more and more central banks are buying it, taking possession of it, removing counterparty risk. This was brought up again by the, the, uh, uh, the head of the Dutch National Bank uh, not too many months ago, talked about revaluing gold. I think it is absolutely in the cards, it makes great sense to do it. And, um, you know, you also have to wonder, are we playing right into the hands of, of the countries around the world who are also massively producing and accumulating it? Don't know, but I will simply say this, that it, it, it's something that makes great sense. And uh, I could very, very, very easily see them doing that. Um, you know, the next question would then logically be, what about gold confiscation? I don't think we will see gold confiscation because the amount of gold that the public owns is so minuscule that the unintended consequences would not be worth uh, the small take that they would make. In 1933, when gold was confiscated prior to the revaluation uh, of, of, of gold or the devaluation of the dollar, um, everyone owned it, it was currency. Now, very, very few people own it. And I think uh, a, a country trying to uh, cling to its status as being world reserve would, would be very, very sorry if they activated eminent domain and took the little bit of gold that the public owns. So uh, a way for them to get out of their debt burden and, and retain their image as being a country that respects um, uh, the rights of its citizens and not enacting eminent domain, taking gold to reliquify the coffers, quite quite to the contrary, I don't think they'd, they'd make enough in that take to come anywhere near the blowback of, of, of the financial blowback of, of the U.S. activating eminent domain. So yeah, I think Luke is very, very smart and he makes a great point and 
Wouldn't be surprised one bit to see that the central banks hoarding as much as they have been lately would only would only support that that comment that he made. Yeah, and certainly it would be interesting to see what happens to our beloved silver if we did have an outcome like that. And as we can see, silver got down below 21 bucks. This was just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think felt like people were close to the ledge. And here we are uh, close to $24 last week following Powell's comments uh, has come back in just a little bit over $23 after selling off. Any changes in premium or order flow or what have you seen on the silver side in the past week from the retail audience? Still pretty much holding in the same pattern that we have been in for the better part of the last month or two. It's very eerie. It's very strange. And yet we continue to hear of industrial shortages at the top. Yet it has not translated into rising premiums uh, and decreased availability on the retail sector. It's very strange. You would think by now that correlation would be intact. You would think by now, uh, even with increased order flow since the escalation in the Middle East has happened, that you would see this, but we haven't. And I'm still of the belief that it will take something more along the lines of a banking crisis, of a bank bail-in that will um, alert the mainstream where very quickly a market that is flush in supply turns upside down, as we've seen before, never with substantive, if any, mainstream participation. Um, but look, we're running out of places to safely put our money. And I think the mainstream is beginning to understand that when we see the next bank shoe drop. And I am very, very confident that it is around the corner and we see a bail-in and the realization of what that means. I mean, every day I'm talking to people and one out of 10 seems to know if that, what a bail-in is, that it was written into law. And I truly believe that will be the, the straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of the question that you just asked me, in terms of product availability and premiums, because, you know, here again, the mainstream is 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 sitting in short-term treasuries. They're sitting in money markets. Um, and I don't think that they even realize that there's a problem. I don't think they know what bail-ins are. I don't think they know what money market gating is. And I don't think they have any idea of the problems that are hanging over the, the, um, the economy at this point. And that is maybe the most concerning point of all is that Public can't get out of the way of what they don't see coming. And I think it's coming. And you continue to see rates rise, which we will. It will put greater and greater and greater strain on, on these banks. And the next one that blows, I believe in my heart, will be bailed in. And that's when things get pretty crazy. Well, fortunately, Janet Yellen said everything is good to go and nothing to be concerned about. So that's something that all Americans and Global Earth citizens can be excited about and help sleep at night. Um, Andy, before we wrap up, is there anything on special on the silver side this week for people who are looking to add silver at this particular time? Yeah, by the way, I've, I should have mentioned that the U.S. Mint just came out and uh, issued their final final silver allocations uh, last week for the year. So that's it for Silver Eagles for the rest of the year until the 2024s come out. Don't know when that'll be. Typically, they don't come out until after January. So 
I think we'll begin to see silver premiums on Eagles start to go up again. Um, and uh, I think that's certainly worth mentioning. So we have three things on special, one being silver, one being gold, one being platinum. We have one ounce platinum maple leaves at $80 over spot. We have one tenth ounce 2023 gold philharmonics in the one tenth ounce uh, of variety at $30 over their melt value. Take gold, divide by 10, add 30 bucks. And something that I like a lot uh, on the silver side, um, one of my very, very, very favorite Silver coins is the, these are 2018. We, ha we have a big stash of them, the half ounce Canadian polar bear. They're, they're four, nine fine. They come in boxes, sealed boxes about this big of 240 coins to a box or 120 ounces. And, you know, people are often looking for things like junk silver because of their utility and their functionality. Uh, the half ounce polar bear made by the Royal Canadian Mint, the purest silver coin on the planet, four, nine fine. Um, perfect for barter, half ounce clearly marked on the coin. Um, you don't have to buy 240. They're sold in a minimum of 100 coins per order. So 50 ounce minimum on these because of the way they're packaged or 240 to a box. And those are $2.75 per coin over melt value. They're a little higher premium, but for the functionality that they offer, I think they're as good of a choice as you could ever get for those people looking for increased functionality uh, from a North American mint, it's as good as it gets as far as I'm concerned. Oh, well, I thought after all this Silver Eagle premium talk, we might get Silver Eagles on special. But uh, although based on what you said uh, with the mint running out of its allocation, what is the current rate if people are looking for Eagles as well? Uh, current rate on Eagles is $5.40 over the price of silver, and there are quantity breaks on that as well. Um, but here again, you know, they were $12 to $13 higher for a good portion of the last three years. So uh, I have no problem people buying silver Eagles. In fact, that's what I've been personally buying for the last few months because of the decrease in premiums. Um, look, if I had one choice and one choice only on what silver to buy, I'd buy silver eagles all day long. And I think when we see the next problem, you'll see the premiums on silver eagles go parabolic, just like they were for the last three years. Um, it's the coin to own if you're talking about the majority of your holdings, if you can buy them at a, at a decent premium, it is the coin to own. I haven't recommended them for a long time because the premiums were so high but uh, yeah, I think, you know, if you're trying to think I, I have one coin to own in this crazy environment, looking forward, I like the half ounce polar bears because God only knows, you know, what role silver will have in our lives moving forward. But from a standpoint of my holdings, if I were going to have a big stockpile of silver, if I had my choice, it would be silver eagles and gold eagles all day long. Well, makes enough sense. And thank you for the levels and specials there. So Andy, appreciate you joining me as always. And we'll see how things progress. Again, the Fed meeting coming up next Wednesday. Don't think it'll be too much of a surprise what gets released there again with Powell uh, giving his thoughts so recently. But we'll look forward to giving a preview of that next week. And you take care of yourself. And I will see you then. Thank you, buddy. Look forward to it.
Well, thank you, Andy, for this week's update. Always good to check in with him, especially in a time period where we are seeing quite a bit of volatility now hit gold and silver as well, with the prices down slightly as of this recording, although still up quite a bit over the past couple of weeks, which I know comes as welcome news to most of the people watching this show, especially on the silver side, but gold as well amidst what is also some turbulence in the bond market that has continued seeing quite a fluctuation in those rates as again i mentioned they were up over five percent briefly on monday come back in since then although some of these issues i don't think are going to go away so we'll keep an eye on that going forward for you and before we wrap up would like to once again thank blackrock silver who brought us today's show and they did that largely on the back of their news that came out just about two weeks ago where they released their updated maiden resource estimate, which took their estimate size from 42 million ounces of silver equivalent back last April to up over 100.04 million ounces of silver equivalent. And that is coming in at a grade of 508.5 grams per ton with a 200 gram silver equivalent cutoff grade. Discovery cost came in at 29 cents per ounce and Perhaps on top of that, which is certainly good news, is that still further potential for expansion, especially as at the Northwest step out target, but more so even in the regions in the infill drilling that they will be doing in between the Victor and DPB areas and the DPB and the Northwest step out target, which Andrew Pollard of BlackRock talked about last week on the show and find out a little bit more about the details of what they did and came back with. Well, here's a clip coming your way from Andrew Pollard now. 